Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Oh, Robbie, let's talk about bees and not at all scientifically accurately about bees uh, and also sports teams and billionaires. Well, it just gets weird from there. Billionaires. Billionaires and bees. Billionaires. Yes, a billionaire camp. (sighs) (laughs) It's better than last week, man. Better than last week. Small souls. Well, yes, it would kind of have to be. Small souls, but I'll take it. Uh, hi, hello, friends. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpson Show. That's the name of the podcast after patreon.com. Gets you uh, $2 a month, gets you bonus access to all of our bonus episodes, and $5 a month gets you access, gains you access to uh, new episodes early and uncut, and... And old episodes that have fallen off the main feed slightly remastered. Best deal in podcasting. I'll say it. I'll say it again. You should go just go support the show. Uh, just so much content ready to be consumed. Right, so much. Hundreds of hours. Me and Matt just blabbing about King the Hill, about uh, Rick and Morty, about Bob's Burgers, about many things. Every single possible related Simpsons thing you could think of. There's so many bonus episodes that we've done over six years now or something. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, This week's episode is The Burns and the Bees, episode KABF21, originally aired December 7th, 2008, written by Stephanie Gillis. Gillis? Stephanie Gillis. Speak, Robbie. Directed by Mark Kirkland. Received a four rating with six million viewers. The chalkboard gag, Jesus is not mad. His birthday is on Christmas. I mean, we don't know. Maybe Jesus is mad about that. I'll refrain uh, from commenting. Um, the couch guy, the family in Christmas attire, sits on the couch. The camera pulls out a reveal they are reflected in a Christmas ornament, which is on a Christmas tree. Sounds a little helper. And Snowball 2 rests nearby. We have a full uh, modified intro to the show, even, with snow added to everything. And uh, Bart snowboards instead of skateboards, um, which is neat, even though... I, I this is my theory, Matt. I don't know if this is holds true or not. This feels like a test for when they completely redo the intro. Like, you mean to be in HD? Yeah, when they we're coming up on the H, beginning of the HD era. Yep. So I, I'm pre- three episodes away. Yeah, I'm presuming that this was them doing a little test run on reshooting a like let's remake it a little bit. You know, let's recolor it. Let's clean up some animation here and there and see how it goes. That's my test. That's my idea. You out there, Algene? You can confirm or deny? What was I talking about? I was going to say, guess this episode, guest stars, man. Mark Cuban as himself, Jeff Bezos as himself, and Marv Albert as himself. Marv Albert returns. Marv Albert's done a no problem. I, hey, I'm going to, first thing I say, Matt, Marv Albert's fine. Nothing, I have nothing against Marv Albert. He's always a good basketball commentator. But I don't know, Mark Cuban, Jeff Bezos. There's, I don't. We're gonna talk a lot about billionaires. I think it's inevitable. We have to. It's part of the episode, honestly. Um, Unfortunately, yeah, we'll get there. So this episode begins with Burns going to a billionaire's retreat. Um, this is like it's portrayed like a summer camp, but for billionaires. Um. And I guess in this Which episode, makes you just what, hate them all the more. It's more like the rich kids camp. Yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be like a very clear like, oh, it's like rich kid camp, but for billionaires. Um, and we get a uh, we see I, I obviously Mark Cuban and Jeff Bezos are themselves. 
in this. We see Richard Branson, but he does not obviously provide a voice. Um, they even they call out at one point the the founder of Facebook. They don't even use his name. They don't say Zuckerberg, yeah. <laughs> which I guess in 2000... They, they probably invited him to the episode, and he said no, and they were like, well, we'll screw well, you I, then. I would say that it's just in 2008. Had Social Network come out yet? When did Social Network come out, the movie? Ooh, good question. Um, it came out 2010, so I don't think Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, was his name I don't think was as known at the time as a famous billionaire. Um. But clearly now, if you think of any billionaires, he's one of the top five most well-known people probably on Earth. Um, oh, yeah. Along with Elon Musk, Bill Gates. I don't know who else would be there. One of the oligarchs. Um, plutocrats, um, as they say in this. But we get a montage of them doing summer camp activities. It's an odd way to start an episode. Um because there's no family here. I think that's a, the strangest thing. It's just like Burns and a bunch of rich guys doing like silly, silly stuff. Um, some of it's kind of exaggerated. Some of it's very low key, like, oh, they go swimming or whatever. Like, it's very strange. Um, and I'm going to say that this goes over the entire episode, Matt, the entire arc of this episode. I think this episode intends to be poking fun at these people. It seems like that, but also, <laughs> but then also they are, it doesn't go very hard on them. I would say that's my, no, it really no it's, doesn't. it's toothless. Um, our complaint about a lot of the latter years of the Simpsons um, with their celebrity guests, they are, it's relatively toothless. Um, aside from Mark Cuban, I guess it goes pretty hard on Mark Cuban who plays himself. Who's, I guess was quite happy to make fun of himself. I would say Mark Cuban is the only person they actually, go at with any degree of ferocity i would say um but then we go back to bart bart is pranking skinner he tricks skinner to go into a women's bathroom even though that the women there's this bathroom is outside i mean it's it's entrance is outside of the school so maybe it's like their secondary building bathroom i don't know i've, I've been to a lot of places to have this so it didn't seem weird to me. okay i just again i'm i'm i can't i'm just gonna try to refrain from calling all of the minor inconsistencies because there's big inconsistencies that i need to actually con concern myself with um we got a long sequence here the bullies and bart trying to dare bart to dump a beehive on the second graders uh eventually bart caves in uh after a lot of no laugh jokes did you laugh at all this episode matt um important question we ask every week I don't think so. I don't think I did it. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think, but I'm not coming up with anything I laugh. Maybe as we go through the episode, that will change. Okay. But right now, I'm kind of going. Mm, I don't think so. I didn't. I didn't think of anything that was. It's. It's not nearly as down or outright offensive as last week, but there's just no. I could not find a joke that I. I I laughed it was at. Just boring more they, than anything else. Very, yeah, very dull. Um, but Bart knocks down the bee the, the beehive right in the middle of the, the second graders. Uh, Lisa makes it like a Steve Rogers esque leap to jump on the grenade <laughs> and and land on like to take the brunt of these bees, even though that's not how bees work. <laughs> Which no, the bees would just go around you. I, Sorry, I, Lisa, if you hug the the, the hive, it's not going to stop into the bees. Um, but there's no bees. Uh, the the hive is dead, and this is when we and this is when we get Willie opining about the death of all his bees because apparently Willie is a beekeeper, Matt. 
Of course. That's what Willie does. <laughs> last week, Billy, Billy, Willie, last week, Willie said he thought movies were real. That was a joke that they used. And mm-hmm. now Willie is a beekeeper. Uh, he doesn't, they're all dead. He's very sad about this. They show us little graves, the little funny, punny bee names. Um, I, I think I'll wait to, we'll tackle the bee problem later on. I think after the beard, the bees, <laughs> the beard bees is when we'll start. But, um, this is when uh, it's introducing, yeah. this is introducing, there's not, I guess it's the, is there an A, B plot or is it just a plot that with two, cause they both connect to each other. I'm guessing that I would call the bees the A plot. The, the bees is not the B plot. Funny enough, I would call the B plot the B plot uh, the A plot. Actually, it does seem that they get it, they get roughly equal time, but it seems like the B plot is a little more important. The B plot or the B plot, Robbie. <laughs> don't do this. I'm trying to make some laughs, man. That's all I'm trying to do. This episode does not provide us any. This episode has told you again and again that you are not allowed to laugh at The Simpsons. Okay, fair enough. So. Willie's a beekeeper. He's sad. All the bees are dead. And now this is basically giving, and I'll, I'll give it this, man. This It gets us here relatively quickly. Lisa cares. That Lisa is concerned about bees. That's one of the plots. Whatever order you want to put them in, Lisa and bees. Part of the, That's one of the, I will say the A plot. Okay? Mm-hmm. We get there relatively fast. And we get then we get to the second plot, the basketball plot, which I would say is a B plot, uh, with Burns winning a basketball team in a poker game with uh, the Rich Texan. I fold. I raise a million dollars, and to sweeten the pot, my assistant Smithers. If you lose me, sir, may I say what an honor it's been to... Bets don't talk. They see and raise. Uh. Well, if we're betting people, I got a whole herd of them. My professional basketball team, the Austin Celtics. <laughs> well, they're hardly worth a Smithers, but we don't have all night. Can you beat nine high... Damn, eight high. So, I own a basketball team, do I? Take good care of them, Burnsy. Don't let the forwards mix with the guards. And if they're acting sluggish, slip some steroids into their cocaine. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, Robbie, what the fudge? <laughs> what do you mean? What's wrong, man? I, 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 this is just... This hurts my brain? That's the best I'm going to go with here? I mean... What? In the ever fudging, <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? The I, fact I, that I steroids in, steroids in the the cocaine is that what you're? Uh, that's just one of them. Yes, uh, but you're talking about Rich Texan calling his basketball team is basically calling them his slaves. Uh, yes, uh, on top of that, yes, there's that too. I mean, this is the problem. Matt. again, we we say this is episode is toothless, right? Yes, and, and it like this episode is about two. Two in, interesting here. Like I'm gonna, we might as well start now. I think this episode has interesting ideas. Like the core premise of this episode, where it's like, oh, Lisa caring about bees, and the and like obviously bees dying off is a concern about is a concern about the environment that everyone should care about, and having that be like represented by Lisa trying to do something to save them, at least in Springfield. Hey, that's not a bad idea for an episode. Lisa's fighting for bees. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, the bees, uh, the you know, the worrisome amount of bee deaths is a big thing. That's a thing Lisa would be involved in, sure. And then you could easily dovetail that into, oh, billionaires are destructive, terrible forces on on Earth and against the environment and against therefore bees. 
perfect. Dovetail them together. They start apart. They work. They come together just like they do in this episode where it starts with separate plots about a billionaires doing stuff, Burns doing stuff, and Lisa and Bees, and then they end up together. Okay, that sounds fine. But I, I, I don't know what happened. If something like the the writing staff got head trauma while they are writing this, but they go about it in just the most stupidest, most craziest way possible, um, and make neither of the plots work or be effective and i'm not going to necessarily argue like this rich texan calling his basketball team slaves and saying just slide some uh, steroids into their cocaine if this episode ever like got past just like oh make it like these very lame jokes and started ever got to a point where it made a very clear and concise statement oh billionaires are destructive and we honestly shouldn't have any um we should do something to control the amount of wealth someone has, namely taxes. We should, we should tax them to death. We should tax them until they're no longer billionaires. It's not complicated. Um, we take their money and give it to things like the bees. We give the money to the bees. And honestly, that is like, I just described what the plot of this episode should be, man. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. But because, because, we're, you guys, hold on, okay? There's going to be a lot of bee puns. Oh, we're gonna Robbie. Get because... They never get anywhere about, oh, billionaires are bad and awful and stuff like that. We just kind of get, like, glances in that direction. We don't ever get a theme about it. We never get a thesis statement about it. It ends up coming off worse than it could. Like, this statement in a vacuum, obviously it's gross. But, hey, it's a rich Texan. He's a billionaire. He's a dirtbag. He's a scumbag. He has been. It's never like the rich Texan has been, like, a, a good guy. He's always played this type of character. Whenever they use him, he's always like, oh, at best, he's like a reckless joke. And at worst, he is, yeah, he's he represents those terrible rich people. And he doesn't quite have to deliver this message that billionaires are terrible. That would be the job for Mr. Burns. But they never make it about billionaires. They make it about Mr. Burns. And it doesn't quite get there. Just like the B, the B plot doesn't quite get there. Uh, and so you get these weird abstract things where it's like, feels like th it's building towards something. And like you could, this is a, a small part, you know, him talking about his basketball players, like they're not people. That is a, it would be like a small brick, a stepping stone to the, the message, a message in this episode. It never gets there. It just never gets there. And so you just get this thing in isolation. You're like, oh, that's kind of, it's gross-ish. I don't know. I, I'm I'm so desensitized, man. After last week, this feels so tame. <laughs> and it's all, it's all like basketball. <laughs> true, true. Not like basketball team owners aren't, I mean, Donald Sterling owned the Clippers, who they even name dropped the Clippers later in this episode. Donald Sterling was a reprehensible man. Um, so, like, they literally took a team from him. He was such a bad person. Like, they never do that. <laughs> Like he had to be really bad to do that. Um, so that it had a base that's reality, but the episode just doesn't get a grasp on what it's trying to say or how it's trying to say it. So Lisa back to Lisa, Lisa is concerned about the beast. So what does she do? She goes to her dad. She's, I need an adult to help me. I am. I'm a child. I can't, I have a, a limited impact on this world. I'm going to go to my dad Ask him to help me. Homer doesn't care about the bees at first until Lisa connects the dots that, oh, without bees, we don't get honey. Which, good point. It's a good way to make someone care about an issue. Connect it to something in their life. 
and Homer gets a. Also, I I really appreciated that uh, Homer's uh, weird uh, response to that is, oh, they uh, they can't walk across our books or sting us or something like that. Like it was a really funny response that I actually laughed at. Oh, you laughed at that, Matt. <sighs> Very slightly. It's just like, ha ha ha. I get it. That was that was intended to be humorous. Okay. I mean, I didn't mind it, but it is very much like, you know, Homer, I'll say that it might be one of the saving graces of this episode. Homer doesn't do much in it. He's kind of in the back seat a lot of the time. He's just kind of there because they obviously yeah, can't take him other characters to bounce off of. He can't not take him, not be in the episode because he can't do that, but he is not as obnoxious. He's not, you know, pulling knives or trying to poison people because they're from other countries like he did in last week's episode. He has a dream. He has a is a, a vision, even a a, a nightmare, uh, where he is in a honey dystopia where there is no honey, and honey trucks are crashed on the in a a, a wasteland of a city, and robots use honey as a lure and then smush him into a cube. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't really need to. All it does is convince Homer that oh no, he should help his daughter. You know, it'd be a great moment if he just loved Lisa and did it because she wanted him to, but. Um, well, no, Homer can't do that. He's too selfish for that. We'll get there, Matt. So we move on to uh, Homer and Lisa going to find another person to help them. In this case, it is Professor Frank. I'm glad you called me. I know I'm not the first scientist in the phone book. That's Associate Professor Aaron Abelman. How I hate him. <laughs> Thundering thorax. It's just exactly what I feared. But... In there, close. See these red dots? This bee has been felled by bee measles. Or as I call it, beezles. Animals can get sick? I'm going to talk to the girl from now on. You're the nerd. What we need to do now is find enough uninfected bees to start a healthy colony. This pheromone should attract them. Marry me, and I'll support you for life. You're not a bee! This thing is useless. <gasps> There's one on Lisa. Hold still, sweetie. Daddy will kill it. And this time, no screw-ups. Stop, stop. It's an uninfected queen. <gasps> How do we catch her without hurting her? Unfortunately, the best method is to allow her to sting you. Ah! Yeah, much like that. Now. Squeeze around the stinger to keep her attached, and a colony of bees will soon form around your face. Now, just keep them there until the colony is healthy and thriving. How long is that? Long enough that you will be known as Springfield's crazy bee girl. Oh, <laughs> she likes the stingers. Okay, this is... Yeah, this is the part that really, I mean, it was this and the billionaires as, you know, the camp kids that just makes me the most mad with this episode. This is so incredibly dumb. Like, just, just, just get the B. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is like the thing that makes me go. The idea of Lisa going on a crusade to save bees in her town is perfectly fine idea. But they make it so that she has to carry the queen on her face so that she has a beard of bees. And why do they immediately go to this most cartoonish version of the story? Why can't Lisa just capture the bee and take care of it? 
Because, Robbie, that wouldn't be funny. This is not funny. I cannot emphasize enough how unfunny (laughs) this is. And here, this is the other thing that just blows my mind. It boggles my mind because when I have immediately after I watch this episode, even as I'm watching it, I go, why on earth would you make it be measles that killed the bees? If you know by the end of the episode that Burns is your antagonist, that Burns is the villain. Why didn't you have some Burns industry be the reason the bees are dying? Well, Robbie, that would have made more sense. I, that's the thing, Matt. Like, why? It's, it's like a child could think of that. The child would go, oh, that have you have Mr. Burns be the villain. And he is the villain. <laughs> it's not like there's a twist and he's not the villain. He is the villain of this ep- of this episode. Make him the villain. Make it. He's the reason that the bees are dying, and so it it's twofold. Why on earth would you not do that instead of making it? Did they? Okay, Matt. Here's my serious question. Oh no! Did someone? This just came to me. Did someone in the writers' room come up with that Beazles joke, and they did not want to let go of it? I mean, it kind of sounds like it. <laughs> It's so stupid. It's so cartoonish. It's so unrealistic. It immediately disconnects you from caring about these the 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 story to me. Like I immediately go, oh, what what is this? It doesn't. There's no more. It's not. I, I'm supposed to care about bees, but the only way they live is by being a beard of bees. That's not how bees work, guys. This is just magic now. This there's no not even they're they're not even close to science. It is just completely divorced from reality. And at this point, I'm like, well, if. The bees can live by becoming a beard of bees on Lisa's face. Why does anything else in this episode matter? Why couldn't they just go back to her face? Later on, they lose their house, Matt. Why couldn't they just go back to her face? Robbie, we know the answer to that. It's a frustrating answer, but it's still the answer. <sighs> I don't know. We go to commercial eight minutes and 15 seconds. Uh, and then we come back. So Lisa has to uh, wear the beard of bees until they establish a colony. Okay. Makes no sense. But we're just going to go with it. Are we? Uh, we go from here. Uh, if we want to finish this episode, we do. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so, at least, uh, so, uh, meanwhile, Mr. Burns sees Mark Cuban acting wacky at a base basketball game. So, Mr. Burns now has his basketball team, the Austin Celtics. No, they're the Springfield Celtics <laughs> now, Matt. Well, now that the Springfield Celtics, you're right. Uh, but he sees Mark Cuban uh, acting weird at a basketball game. Goes, why? Why is he not shunning the spotlight? Billionaires are supposed to be hide from the public, and so Mr. Burns decides he has to meet this Mark Cuban. Oh yeah, three points, big three, and a big D for the big C. Mark Cuban, that's me. Who is that man? And why isn't his enthusiasm being punished? That's Mark Cuban, sir. He's the most flamboyant owner in the league. I'm out of my mind. <laughs> Well, odd. His money seems to have bought him happiness. I'd like to meet him, Smithers. So, you made your money in nuclear power? I can't remember how I made my money. If you're really a billionaire, give me the secret billionaire's handshake. Smithers, turn away. Hey. 
So tell me, why don't you recoil from the public like a normal billionaire? Hey, why own a basketball team if you're not going to have any fun? Fun? Is that how it's pronounced? I've only seen it written. Hold that thought. No one's paid attention to me for ten whole seconds. It's time for this peacock to show his feathers. You know, the feathers with the big eye that tricked them into thinking that's my front? Said feathers are what I'll flunked. So, yes, this is what Mr. Burns has decided to do. He's going to be happy and have fun the best way he knows how. And, of course, it's Mr. Burns, so... Eh. <laughs> Good luck with that. I, I, uh, okay. I and I, I don't know, man. It's this is so muddled. Like I don't know what the what's the deal with all this. Like why? Well, it, yeah, because this, this this the whole point of this episode is basically the same as the whole Arthur fortune, and that's how we got the Nessie episode. So let's be dubious at that. I was just, but why is Mark Cuban here? Like, it feels very much like, oh, they got Mark Cuban, so it's out of him. Like, I guess it's, it is That's fun. That's exactly why. I mean, to be fair, Mark Cuban is one of the very few people, one of the very few billionaires who was not born into a extraordinarily wealthy family who got lucky a couple times selling, you know, things right selling before bubbles. companies right before the crash. <laughs> yeah, right before bubbles burst. He got really lucky and sold things. Uh, some smart decisions along the way, but luck played a huge part in it. And he's, you know, and I will say like, oh, he did what a lot of people would do. What I don't know what I think, you know, if I suddenly was a billionaire overnight I and I'm a sports fan, I'm all by the team that I'm a buy a sports team and have fun and like, you know, obsess over it. This is what he does with the Dallas Mavericks. And I don't know, there is like a humanity in that. It doesn't really tie into what this episode should be about because it ends up being about Lisa versus Burns. So why are they spending all this time without Burns trying to be fun? Like what, why does it, what does that have to do with bees? Well, you see Robbie, Matt, please uh, don't say it again. Do not say it again. Okay. I can't take it. <laughs> okay. 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 It's just, it doesn't make any sense to have Mark Cuban here when the, when the episode is eventually going to paint billionaires as evil, but they don't see. That's the thing. Oh, Mark Cuban, he's a millionaire. He's a nice, fun-loving, happy guy. He just tries to have fun. You're like, okay, why would you have him on if you want to make... Uh, they don't... Because they don't care about that. I'm guessing. And I, I don't know. It's it's very scattershot. There's no there's no connection to any of this. Um, If you want to have a discussion about, like, are billionaires human anymore? It's an interesting one. I don't think The Simpsons can tackle it, but whatever. Dude, it's uh, definitely not The Simpsons' uh, quality. No, that's that sounds like something you couldn't do on The Simpsons. But I don't know, Matt. There's just nothing, nothing here. I know, man. I know. Unfortunately, you're right. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Because now we get to go back to the Simpsons and the B plot. Yeah. Yeah, they're different. Uh, they are different uh, to where, you know, there's lots of terrible jokes about bees at the dinner table. Uh, Homer makes a joke about uh, haploid versus diploid cells, which good try, guys. Good try uh, on the joke. It's just not all that funny. Uh, but fortunately for uh, Lisa, Marge knows what to do with the bees. She's got a great idea. Listen, Lisa, I was trying to think of a way to help your bees, and I remembered this abandoned greenhouse outside of town. Which used to be a beautiful, thriving greenhouse till I was hired to run it. <laughs> your bees will have plenty of room in this old greenhouse. Plus, there are flowers, and it's near a prison, so they'll have a place to sting people. Oh, Mom, it's perfect. Go live your lives. Get off my face. 
miss them. Now you know how I'll feel when you go to college. You'll always have Bart. Always. But he'll be gone a lot, repairing refrigerators. Always. Yes, it's hilarious how Bart is going to live with his parents forever because of his inability to be an adult. That's one thing we've seen from Bart. <sighs> I, anyway. It is fine. This is fine, Matt, compared to... I, this is fine. Compared like, to last week. <laughs> this is... Yeah. And also, like, okay, Lisa finds a home for the bees. Not... Uh, it's fine. That's a fine thing. Like, oh, now she has to take care of them. They're in a... They have a, they have a greenhouse. Well, well, I don't know why they make a joke about Homer destroying it. It seems superfluous and purposeless, but they do it anyway. Well, because, Robbie, it's funny that Homer's a moron and destroys everything that everyone loves. That's just hilarious. Like, it's not even that bad in this episode. I know it isn't compared to some others, but still, I just can't. I can't. It has become anathema. It is. I am just just the hint of it just brings up like, I don't know, like dark dread inside of me. I think I've been scarred, man, is what I'm saying. I think the Simpsons... In the teen years have scarred me. It scarred us all. I think I've inflicted it's, it's, it's inflicted some sort of trauma on me, and I cannot avoid it. Well, I'll be prepared for it to get a little worse. Oh uh, no! Because we get a a long montage of Mr. Burns attempting to be fun in old-fashioned ways uh, that are not fun. Uh, there's women showing their ankles. Uh, Mr. Burns shooting a man in a gorilla suit that he thought was a gorilla. He, that guy's uh, just dead, it, Matt. Yep, yeah, but he's just dead. It's hilarious. Mr. Burns shot and killed him with a real gun. He's dead. Uh, like, there's other stuff I forget. Do we not? We don't care. He's just dead. He literally, and there's a huge crowd. The basketball, the, this old basketball stadium is filled with people. He shoots a man right in the middle of it. Nothing happens. We don't even have like a scene about like, we don't like, we can't even see a scene where Smithers is like handing uh, Wiggum like, an envelope of money or something like here look nope. the other way we can't even get that it's just no we just cut away new thing new thing who dis? oh no <laughs> sorry robbie you said no, i had to no. anyway uh so mr burns is is bad at this uh and it the crowd doesn't like it the crowd leaves the place is empty at the end so uh mr burns has decided he no after mark, the advice mark, mark of, cuban tells him right is it mark cuban that tells him uh, Mark Cuban tells him in a dream slash daydream slash random thought bubble that Burns has. Okay. I just want to clarify. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. You're correct. It gets even weirder from here. Okay. Uh, and But they advises him to build a new arena. That will totally get it. So the next day or someday, Lisa wakes up to or goes to see her bees to find them being just absolutely thrashed. Uh, by Mr. Burns, who is tearing down everything around them to build a new arena, and that is where we go to a commercial. Uh, Matt, did Burns already own that greenhouse? Uh, Mr. Burns is rich. You know, that's all you need to know. Okay. Um, Okay. At 14 minutes and 21 seconds, we come back from commercial to a town meeting about the bees. First, one announcement. I regret to inform you we are not offering childcare tonight. I don't know who that guy was you were leaving your kids with. Now, without further ado, let's get ready to referendum! There's only one place in town where the bees can survive, and Mr. Burns wants to tear it down. 
please people. You didn't listen to me about the snail darter. You didn't listen to me about the osprey. And you didn't listen to me about the javelina. The feisty pig in the desert? Apparently not feisty enough. Future generations will judge us by how we cared for the tiniest creatures. I am not just asking you to save the bees. I am asking you to save your souls. Excellent speech, just excellent. I no longer wish to build my magnificent new basketball stadium. You don't? Heavens no. No skyboxes, no kiss cam. Nor will we have the chance to marvel at number one draft pick, Muckmoo, the human North Pole. <gasps> no, I'm afraid he'll be on the first kayak back to catch again. No! Please don't take off, Freak. I love you, Muckmoo. Muckmoo, Muckmoo. All those in favor of building this decadent monument to excess, say aye. Aye. Nay. I know it's not your fault, Makmu. You're a gentle, loving soul. Kakaranga Aglunik. Rob, you know what's hilarious? What, Matt? What's funny? Stereotyping other cultures. I mean... It always gets a chuckle. It. This is all I can say. It was worse last week. That is true. This is not as bad as last week's racism, okay? This is mild in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is like a yes. That is a. It's a kind of a kind of a you know racist stereotype name, but Mukmu himself isn't some terrible. He is not a terrible stereotype for the most part. He is just a guy. He just stands there and says like two lines. I. It's probably. I think it's Harry Shearer. It's a deep male voice. I'm assuming it's Harry Shearer. Um. So there's that. I, but it's not my biggest problem with the episode. <laughs> it, it is a problem, but it's it is a problem. You're right. It's, it's, rel- one, it's, it's relatively really one. it's relatively minor to, but it is yes. It's I we should call it out. Um, <laughs> so Burns gets to build his arena, I guess. Like I, this is the problem. Like, what's at stake here? Is either what is it what's at stake here in this scene? Literally, like this scene is like, oh, this is a court of a public court of public opinion. The town of Springfield is going to decide. What are they deciding? Are they deciding if Lisa's bees are going to die and Burns Arena gets built or vice versa? Yes. But there is that that is what's being decided right now. But again, it I I, and I know that they're not thinking at this level, but you can move beehives. I don't get like, why are these bees so why why would be why can't they move it again <laughs> like it's just a greenhouse they were there they got by random chance they moved into this place i literally follow a lady who lives in texas Matt, in austin who moves bees all the time she saves them from like weird places that they establish hives in people's houses and moves them off to good places in the wild or or on established land and they're Robbie, we've totally... been over this there's nowhere else for the bees in springfield at least <laughs> tried so hard to find them a home. Why can't they just be in the backyard for a while? Probably you can have bees in a backyard. What kind of crazy Austin stuff are you thinking now? 
It's like having chickens or goats in your backyard. We have it's modern day. There's there's people down the street who have chickens. <laughs> Sorry, I don't I know. Wish I had chickens. That'd be amazing. I mean, I just read an article about how eggs from homemade chick from homemade chickens, <laughs> eggs from chickens in some in your in your backyard have like forty times the amount of lead that regular eggs do. Really? Why was that? I mean, it was in Australia, so obviously Ooh. local effects. But it's the the chickens would get they're eating feed off the ground, and there's lots of lead in the soil, um, way more than in what is presumably industrial feed that they eat in factory oh, farms yeah. or whatever yeah fair um so obviously you're not going to be eating a lot of your eggs that you your own chickens lay because they're just not going to make that many but i don't i don't and again it's just it was in australia it was a very localized study um i did i did not expect to be talking about that in this episode but might as well drop that knowledge um but i just back to my original point i am it is I'm I'm tired and I'm gonna be I'm losing my perspicacity. I don't know because they've spent a lot of time on Burns being fun. Like they've spent so much time on this, they haven't grounded the whys and the foundation, and the, they've been building. They haven't developed any of these ideas, so I don't know why these bees have to be in this spot. I don't know why, like. Why does Burns get to build an arena? Typically, that takes years and years. And they, a, yeah, uh, Bart and Lisa would be at high school by the time this arena finished. It takes years to build an arena. They did an episode about this already that had the same issues where they suddenly inexplicably built arenas out of nothing. And like it's, it is just these giant leaps of logic that I'm just not going to make. I'm not going to. I'm not going with you, Simpsons. You're, you just jump over all these gaps. And, like, if you think back to the Golden Years episodes, I'll bring it up again. The problems and issues were grounded and close to, to reality. And I could understand what was at stake at every step along the way. We don't even, we barely get scenes with Lisa caring about these bees. Like, there should be a scene, Matt. This is not complicated, this does not require brain, a brain genius. There should be a scene with Lisa tending to the bees. And that's it. That's all you need. Nothing else. There should nothing there should be no jokes about Homer being goofy, jokes mis Homer mispronouncing names of things. Homer is talking about uh, genetics and and cells of animals. That should not be in there either. There should just be a scene. Like think to Lisa's pony. There's just scenes where there's the only the only burden the scene carries is communicating to us how much lisa cares about the pony there should be scenes in this at least one or two where lisa is just caring about these bees and showing us her bond with them because then we care we care because lisa cares we care about lisa so therefore we care about the bees it's that simple i don't like I, on an abstract yes in real life i care about bees surviving because it's our entire ecosystem but in a simpsons episode you want me to care about these particular fake fictional bees that aren't real in real life? I need Lisa to care about them. And I uh, and when you just have a single scene or two where Lisa goes, yeah, I care about bees. That's not enough. You got to show me. Show Lisa, you know, carefully moving bees around or saying, oh, we're going to the queen and like, oh, the queen gets caught. It, this is the simplest thing. I just, I'm literally coming with this top off my top off the top of my head. The uh, One of the bees gets caught. You personify them. You make it the queen. Even make you don't even have to be the queen, but whatever. Make it the queen. 
she gets stuck somewhere. Lisa pulls her out, saves her, says, oh, no, and gives her a little cute nickname. Then there's a little weird thing with the, the queen bee, the way she looks. There's like a little weird, a weird thing, and Lisa gives it a nickname, and therefore we connect to that that bee. It has an, it has personality now because it has that nickname because Lisa did this thing for it. This is tried and true method that they've done in fiction for decades. Tried and true. It's not hard to do. If you want to, you want people to care about like like insects and bees. The hard thing to care about is because they're they have stingers and they look weird and they don't they look explicitly anti-human. They look like aliens. They don't look like a cute a cute animal. They look weird. So to make me care about them, you have to have Lisa care about them. But they don't even do that. We just cut to this weird town meeting where the town goes, yeah, we'll have an arena. Who cares about the bees? But shouldn't this whole debate, why does it have to be about a basketball arena? It's so weird that it. this is the, 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 the subplot. Why isn't it about Burns halting some terrible environmental hazard that's hurting the bees? Like, shouldn't that be the... You would think. You would think. Okay. So... Uh, I guess Lisa's bees are just dying now. Like we don't get, I don't. Yep. We don't even know uh, what's it. happening though. We like we literally don't. We cut to Lisa at Moe's where she's upset and she has saved. I guess just the queen. Yeah, that's all she could do. That's all she could save. We don't even see that. Why don't we see a scene of that happening, Matt? Because Robbie, that would distract from all of the burns being bad at being a cool guy. I guess. <sighs> so okay. M- Lisa's like acting drunk at Moe's and demands keys for her bike lock uh-huh. from Mo. And they even make a joke. They lampshade their own joke, Matt, which I know you love uh, when they do that. So yeah. they, they lampshade their own joke. Lisa runs off and leaves the queen bee that she cares so much about. She leaves it behind at Moe's with Homer and Moe. <sighs> I'm really strong. M- Matt. It's okay. It's okay, Robbie. Matt. We can get through this. Mo. This is when we discover when Mo just oh, Mo just Mo just says this stuff to Homer out loud. Just like Mo just goes, Hey Homer, I have Africanized bees in the back. Because of course he does. No, we need to go get Africanized bees. I've heard about this. They know Mo just has them. I feel like I'm losing my mind, Matt. Uh, I, like I really, nope, I, just your perspicacity. I'm both, honestly, at this point. I it is it because it is never about these specific bees that Lisa saves. Like we get that moment. You heard the clip early on with Frank, where Frank goes, "No, that queen, she's not infected. We need to save her." What happens to that queen, Matt? Uh, well, Robbie, the problem is we we don't know. I mean, we, we what happens next I'm after gonna, that? I'm going to tell you. What, I'm going to have. I'm going to tell you what happens. That be she's dead. She dies almost certainly. Yeah, she's dead uh, because Homer and Mo crossbreed Lisa's queen with Mo's Africanized bees. And you might say, dear listener, you might say, how do they do that? Is there some uh, fun scientific montage where we see them out of place in a lab? And we get like a funny joke where it looks like Homer and Mo are actually are doing all the science. And then it's revealed that it's Frank actually doing all the science. And he tells them to move out of the way so he can actually finish the things he's doing. 
No, Robbie, that would be cute. And that's that's uh, the joke. No. That's the joke. I literally just wrote. Matt. I literally just came up with this joke because that's what I would do. I would have it be. Oh, let's if we're if I'm set here in the situation where Mo is gonna Af- has Africanized bees. Okay, he, Mo's had killer whales and pandas. Whatever. Sure, he has Africanized bees. Okay, I'll, I can buy that. Oh, what I cannot buy, not for one time in a million, that Homer and Mo are going to be able to crossbreed them. So you have a fun joke where it looks like they are the ones, and then you actually show it's Frank doing all the work. But they don't do that, Matt. What they do instead is have Homer and Mo put them in a jar together and then set the mood. Mood lighting. Sexy music. Yep, that's how you crossbreed species. Candles. <sighs> Uh, and then we cut all for, we cut immediately from that. We cut to uh, we have we have the new arena that's been established now. There's a new arena. It's just been built immediately in like a day or two. This gigantic arena. That's that's, that's all it takes, Robbie. <laughs> it be built uh, now. And there's basketball games happening here, I guess. And um, Homer is leading Lisa. And if you would say, Robbie, this seems really sudden. Like all these things are happening in like right next like immediately right after each other there's no passage of time there's no interstitial scenes that develop any of this nope it's it is immediately as real fast um homer is leading lisa to show her the new bees wow this must be important dad i've never seen you walk up an incline before sweetie i have a very special surprise for you my bees (laughs) Your bees died days ago. These are their angry mutant descendants, and they're tough enough to live in any environment. They sound awfully mad. Are they dangerous? Hmm, I'm not sure. Let me check. Are you guys dangerous? A simple yes would have sufficed. Don't worry, Lisa. Where else are they going to go? To that new stadium that looks exactly like a hive. Welcome to the American Dream, a billionaire using public funds to construct a private playground for the rich and powerful. And now, so our Skybox owners can really enjoy the game, I shall let in the sky! Invaded by a swarm of killer bees. My microphone is no microphone at all. It's bees. Am I being badly stung? Yes. And it hurts. Okay. Yep, because that's how bees work. So they just go to the nearest and it looks like a hive. Oh. Homer tells Lisa, oh yeah. Here, Matt, you wanted concrete proof about what how her bees are doing? Mm-hmm. Homer says it. They're dead. The bees that Lisa cared so much about went to great lengths to keep alive. Once she kept on her face, you know, she wore a beard of bees, which is incredibly stupid. But uh, she did do that. And uh, they're dead now. Conclusively dead bees. They're all dead. And uh, and these angry bees are just they're fine. They're 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 doing okay. Uh, They're just sitting in some boxes on top of a mountain. Now, can I ask? A very logical question. Why couldn't they just put Lisa's bees up in that bo- those boxes on the top of the mountain? Top of a hill. 
That's a fantastic question, Robert, because um, um, they didn't think of that. I don't. I don't really know what they were thinking. The bees infect the attack this new arena. Um, if you're okay, uh, Muck, is, is it Muck Moo? Is that the name? The terrible racist. I believe so. Yes. I would say that's not even like here. Don't get me wrong. It is racist, Matt. The bees call Bumblebee Man. So okay, one the bees talk. By the way, in this. The bees talk. Wait, they do? How did I miss that? Yep. The bees talk. They uh, we they buzz, uh, and we see subtitles. Uh, so the bees talk. I'm gonna I want to get that out there. Bees talk, and then the bees call Bumblebee Man an Uncle Tom. Oh dear. Bumblebee Man says, "I'm one of you. Why are you attacking me?" The bees talk to him. They answer and they say, "They call him an Uncle Tom." Wait, that's not even close to right, Matt. Matt. Yes, Robbie. We have a problem. There's racist beasts. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong, but... <laughs> this is I... what's in this episode. What is going on? Like, this episode is not as bad as last week's. Uh, Homer doesn't blow up a bridge inexplicably or trying to murder people, so it is yeah. definitely an improvement. But these bees are talking... And they call Bumblebee Man and Uncle Tom. <sighs> okay. Um, but now they've just taken over the arena. Everyone runs away eventually. And now the arena is just in completely covered in these bees. And there's giant hives covering the arena. Like, huge. This is not Trials of Horror, right? Nope. Uh, somehow these bees have completely gone absolutely crazy with reproduction in just uh, an hour or so. Homer and Moe created... Literally, they are mutant bees, but they, they are bees from, like, a monster movie. Like, that's the thing. Like, how am I supposed to take any of this seriously? How am I supposed to connect and care about these stories? Is Lisa supposed to... Does Lisa care about... These bees aren't even Lisa's bees. They're just mutant bees. These are not an improvement. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing. Like, this doesn't sell save the day this doesn't help the problem oh instead of the good bees that you know pollinate flowers and help buoy our ecosystem no we instead just get mutant bees that infiltrate uh our buildings and kill us and are racist on top of it what, what's why am i supposed to care am i supposed to be like happy about this oh burns lost like that maybe is... kind of sort of but no because that's the thing, man. Like it build, it's building. Like, oh, it's Lisa versus Burns. It's the little guy versus the rich guy, and oh, the rich guy loses, and the bees take over his arena. Are you telling me they couldn't just kill those bees? Like, yeah, Africanized bees are dangerous, but they're not immortal. If someone spent billions of dollars on an arena, guess what would happen? They call in the mm. big guns and kill those bees. Sorry, I don't yep. know what like. My my brain just goes no. They re reject, reject all of this. Um, we're not done, you know, them, them, Matt. We're not done. Of course not. Definitely not done. Because uh, we have one more clip. We have one more scene. It is the the last scene of the episode. Is where Burns returns to the billionaire, the billionaire camp, billionaire club, whatever it's called, uh, to to tell them his tale of woe. So. That's how I was outfoxed by a little girl and her half-wit companion when my beautiful stadium was declared a bee sanctuary and I had to take a third quarter write-down of $804 million. Wait a minute. Someone crunched the numbers. 
He's only worth $996,036,000. He's not a billionaire at all. Wait, wait, wait. It's only a matter of $4 million. I'm sure I can find that somewhere. I, uh, I have $50 here in my wallet. Mark, can you get me off the hook for old time's sake? Can't do it, Monty. <gasps> oh, don't worry. You'll feel a lot more comfortable in the millionaire's camp. No, no. Just kill me now. How do you I own a minor league hockey team. That's not how write downs work. <laughs> Don't worry, Matt. If, if, like, again, so the punishment that burns. So, okay, this is it is that it, this is what they're attempting to do. It is building that plot of little guy versus the rich guy. Rich guy loses, and in doing so, he gets hit. He not necessarily a big hit. He's still very rich, but. It is. It's kind of a, a matter of pride, you know, matter of 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 standing, and he's lost his place in the club, the camp that he is proud of being a part of. And we, his the the his quote unquote friends are revealed to not care about him at all. But that wasn't what this episode is about. Up until this moment, it was about Burns trying to be a fun guy. And it was nothing to do with like, oh, I feel like I belong with these really wealthy guys, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, oh, he wants to be like Mark Cuban. And then he gets loses his money and his arena is declared a bee sanctuary. They just built that arena with public funds. Why on earth would they <laughs> want it to be a bee sanctuary? Fantastic impo- question, Robbie. It's almost impossible to get things declared nature sanctuaries this day and age. Unless you live in a very particular area. Uh, Springfield's not that place. Springfield just decided to kill bees so they could have a new basketball arena. I I, I don't know, Matt. I I I um I uh, I don't know. I I try and be positive, but there's just nothing here. This is it's not as bad as last week, just because it's not so overtly offensive as last week. I will say that last week I had laughs. I laughed a couple times early on in that Bart stuff, the Bart Bashir stuff. There's a couple jokes in there that I thought were funny. I didn't laugh at all at any of this. I, uh, it, it's very kind of like lame humor, and a lot of it's just Homer yelling things. Like that is their substitute for jokes. Is just oh, we'll have Homer in the background. He'll yell something. It might be a joke. It might just be the word not. that Lisa just said, except it's a slightly different mispronounced word. That's a good enough joke, right? Sure, we, Robbie. We'll call that a the, joke. We we the, they're just like they just you know we hop. We just throw big rocks. It's like they're crossing a river. This is where we're at now. Every episode is like this uh, to varying effects. They are crossing a river. And they have big rocks uh, and they throw the big. They kind of just toss a big rock out where they think is a good enough place to so they can get another spot to cross the river. Um, they don't really care where the rocks, rocks really land. They just want to be able to cross the river and cross the river, meaning finish an episode because I Again, I, I've said this. It feels like I've said this for a, thou- a thousand times. We haven't done a thousand episodes, but I feel like I've said it a thousand times. Is This episode is when you rewrite. Because the bones are there. Let's get right to it. We'll, we'll rank this episode at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? Yes. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. Yes, this episode's broken. Um... I don't. Our, our some of our, our our patrons were a little bit more positive than they have been the past few, but I'm I can't. 
I can't. It, this is absolutely right. It's very. It's to be simple. fair, I thought this episode was going to be way worse. But honestly, you're right. With a little tweaking, this could be a good episode. That's the that's the most frustrating thing, Matt. Is like the bones are there, and you're like, well, all you do is you just take those bones, and that's what that is literally the purpose of a first draft, a rough draft is you have, Oh, here's the really good ideas. Oh, and this other stuff isn't as good. Well, you take that away. You, you keep the good stuff and then you write new stuff in there and then you iterate. And over time, you three, four, five drafts, only things left are the good stuff. And that's all you have. You just have good stuff. And you have a, the bones of a good episode here where, Oh yeah. Lisa versus Burns. They've done that that kind of plot before. They can do it again. You, they're very good rivals, um, because they represent different things. Lisa's are idealistic, cares about the environment. Burns is strict, hardcore capitalist. Hates, doesn't care about anything. Uh, in the whatever gets in the way of him making money, he's angry. He doesn't like it. Um, perfect rivals for each other. You give Lisa cause bees in this case. You have her care about the bees, raise them, protect them. Burns is killing them. And I I said it early on that Burns is the reason the, the bees are dying. They don't know why the bees are dying. It's a mystery. They go to Frank and Frank doesn't go. They have beezles. And the more I think about it, they literally, I think they literally just like that joke and they didn't want to lose it. So they just kept it. <laughs> well, yeah, because it doesn't come back. No. It's gone after this. There's, they don't mention the beezles ever again. Frank doesn't even come back. But it's very clear. You go to Frank and Frank's like, I don't, we don't know why they're dying. And Lisa's like, well, I've, Lisa finds an isolated colony or a queen, and she takes care of them, isolates them from whatever it could be. And they they start thriving. They start succeeding. And we get connections to the bees. We get connection to Lisa caring about the bees. And then the big the big twist, the big reveal is, oh, Lisa discovers what's actually – Lisa goes to discover what's killing the bees. What's, what's the reason? It's burns. It's some byproduct of burns something. Yeah, it doesn't – could be anything. It could be a plant. could be whatever. Like they've done that before, do it again. Um, you don't need basketball. Why is there basketball in this? If you want to make I it mean, episode, you, you have Mr. Burns. Uh, I don't know. I think there's there's a reason Mr. Burns wants to uh, destroy the new bee sanctuary. Uh, maybe he's trying to cover up his malfeasance or something like that. But mm, I feel like having Mr. Burns and his whole you could have him as a background plot. Oh, oh Mr. Burns. Uh, Mr. Burns wants to, you know, be a fun billionaire, but that just seems like it's its own episode. And you already made it, and it was terrible. So unless you're going to remake it as good, then don't just try and make it a equal plot in this. That's the thing. Like, it's not funny, man. Like, we're, like if if it was a, if like you really wanted to make, oh, we needed a, a, a subplot to make give us some laughs because obviously they do that a lot with Lisa A. Plaza. Is like, oh, she's it's kind of d- a little bit more dour less jokes more or the kind of jokes that are in Lisa plots are going to be different from the jokes you'd have in your, in your subplot. So what's diversify, which is the beauty of the best Simpsons is that it has jokes of all kinds. It has highbrow, lowbrow, doesn't care. Wordplay, uh, you know, uh, uh, slapstick, whatever, lots of different stuff. You can diversify with a, a sillier subplot so that you can have those different types of jokes. And it doesn't weird like ruin the tone of this Lisa caring about bees plot, but in the end, it's just well, Lisa versus Burns, and she discovers we had burnt. that episode before, uh, but and, but this could be a completely different spin on it. I mean, we're in season twenty, Matt. Like at this point, they've done 
the, a lot of the unless they introduce a bunch of new characters to change the status quo, you're going to be redoing the the rough shapes of plots uh, again. It's going to happen. Um, it, I don't it, like I don't. It doesn't feel that complicated. Like Lisa figures out what is killing the bees, tricks Burns into stopping doing the thing, and saves the bees. And we get a, like a sweet ending where Lisa puts the bees in a permanent home. And probably away from her. That might be a sacrifice she has to make. She's like, I can't take care of you out here, but you'll be fine on your own away from me. And then, but like, there's not room for like the, it can't, you can't con- like connect the dots to like Burns and billionaires. Like if you want to do an episode about how Bur- like Burns, how much of an identity is important in him being rich. I've done that plot before. <laughs> uh, multiple old man and literally an old man and Lisa is about that is about like burns how much he relies on being a wealthy man to survive if you want to do that plot again make it a different episode than the b one like it's just redone drivel i don't know yeah it feels like it's so easy like it's not well it's not complicated it's just it's one of those things where it's like you could have done so much better for this and you just chose not to simple that's that's the simple maybe not easy but simple That's 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 what I would say. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments and news group. Okay, here we are. Alt dot nerd dot obsessive. Uh, comments and news group is when I ask our patrons to leave their review about an episode. Um, appreciate everyone who le- took the time, watched the episode, read out a review. Appreciate it. Uh, not an easy thing to do from people to us two who not, have not done easy it. to watch these episodes no not every week especially uh from charles this is basically a more realistic and practical version of monty can't buy me love burns sees the billionaires can't be likable tries to win over springfield basketball fans with his own antics could have worked if it stuck with that it's a big problem the writers seem to have to be a villain the character has to do something villainous lisa isn't synonymous with with saying no matter how much a beneficial or detriment something is you can't claim it's wrong or right based on what she wants especially when people keep having to be hurt to get it to push the point the writers show just how much they don't get this fact by punishing Burns and not Homer, at least when he unleashes Africanized bees and everyone then punishes him again. Uh, from Derek, ugh, God, I'll make no bones about it. Money can't buy me love is really bad, so I am baffled as to why the Burns once adoration plot gets re- got reused for season 15's broadcast news, and now yet again for this one. The character of Mr. Burns is well and truly dead by this point. Speaking of limp and lifeless, the Burns and the Bees is a real slog to get through, like a proper yawn fest. I think I've said this before, but I don't know how the Al Genius episodes managed to be so ridiculous with beards of bees and like it, so simultaneously bore you to tears. It's quite a feat. Impressive, even. Bravo, Simpson staff of 2008, I guess. Really, if this is season 20's answer to the old man and Lisa, then it really is time to call it quits. There's just no way this corpse can continue to shuffle on for another 13 seasons in Caltech. It's bad news for you, Derek. It's 14 seasons and counting. Ooh, sorry about that. Yeah. 14 seasons. We're about to, the, we're going to uh, pre- premiere pretty soon. Uh, from Tim, I was warned by one of the podcasts hosts of this episode when I was offensive as my pods and broomsticks was guilty of being really dumb. Upon watching it, I have to agree. There were gags, but they didn't feel earned. For some reason, I'm thinking of Barth or Daredevil, which had had at least two scenes that didn't make sense in a vacuum. The lion pulling Captain Murdoch back into a pool. The ambulance driver clumsily crashing into a tree, causing Homer to descend again into Springfield Gorge. Both of those gags had build-ups, and hence felt earned, and we enjoyed it. Here we have Mr. Burns being carried away by a bee. We didn't even mention that, man. He gets carried away by a bee. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, and he shoots and ostensibly kills the mascot in front of a packed arena with little reaction. Not canon. Make it number 367. 
Wonder could possibly fix this by focusing on birds buying the Celtics and having a more realistic set of challenges and make them work in Springfield. Uh, from Matt, I'm in the middle of watching the episode. I've just paused at 7 minutes and 47 seconds. Please tell me the plot of the episode isn't going to be Lisa has bees on her face. <laughs> also, is this a Christmas episode? Nope. I mean, it, it aired right before Christmas, so they did a Christmas intro. But there's no Christmas at all in it. It Thankfully. has nothing to do with Christmas. Update. Okay, so it wasn't all about Lisa having bees on her face. There was something about basketball, too. Also, it wasn't a Christmas episode. What was up with the intro? I'm telling you, it's a, my theory is that they were testing out doing work to make a new intro. This was the practice because they had to time out, you know, the new, the new one for the HD era. So they just practice with this one. That's my guess. Uh, from JJ, I have to be honest, I laugh more at this than the first seven episodes of the season combined. At least Mr. First Mr. Burns is a very reliable well to return to. And while this episode is certainly no old man and Lisa, probably isn't even as good as broadcast news. At this point, I'm happy long as I'm happy so long as characters act like themselves. There are minimal offensive jokes. Homer is kept is kept in the background, which is what we got. I think twenty might be the worst season so far, so I'll take what little I can get. <laughs> Lowered expectations. Uh, finally, from Casey, just know anything that you laughed at, smiled at, or maybe even sighed at is a Simpsons quote I say far more often than I should. Wish I knew why this one delights me to no end. Maybe it's some of that see my vest, Mr. Burns, who's indulging in his opulence and having a blast with money rather than exploiting his position of power. Maybe it's the fact that I genuinely love B-movie. Okay, I mean, that's the kind of things you should probably keep to yourself, but sure. The only issue I have with this episode is that canonically, the last episode started with the day after Christmas. So why they give this intro the entire Christmas coding and the rest of the episode had nothing to do with Christmas boggles my mind. The plot is ridiculous on purpose, so it's hard to judge like other episodes. I apologize to Matt and Robbie if you struggle through it. I would have loved to be your substitute podcaster for this one. I'm I'm sorry, Casey. I really do. I, I, I'm glad that you like this episode, and I do not want to take anyone's joy from them. I just speak to my truth. As, I, as people complain to me online about how we are so negative relentlessly negative i would like just to say we speak to our truth how we feel about an episode and that is all we claim to do if you still enjoy it that i'm i'm happy for you good for you good yeah, for i'm you. glad you find joy in it um i the only b movie thing Robbie, that i Robbie's enjoy dying inside. It's the okay. only b movie thing i enjoy is the youtube video where they slowly speed up the movie uh i believe every time that they use the word b i think is what happens and the move the, the the clip ends up being like fourteen minutes long or something. You can watch the whole movie. We move on to our next segment. It's time for listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is: Who is your favorite female guest star? Tons of great answers as always. Matt, take it away. All right. First up from Benjamin Glenn Close as Moda. I'm sure a very popular answer was very popular. Uh, Alex, yeah. uh, right. Michelle Pfeiffer as Mindy, Beverly D'Angelo as Lurleen, and Meryl Streep as Jessica. Mm. Uh, uh, Casey, uh, so many great options, but I've always loved Lisa Kudrow as Alex in Lord of the Dance, especially for her opening line of your name's Lisa. Shut up. I love that name. Did she just tell me to shut up? <laughs> oh, it gets me every time uh, from Derek. I think I've given this as an answer before, but what are you going to do about it? <laughs> are you going to sue me? I'd love to see you try. I'd like to see you try. Sorry. Uh, Lisa Kudrow is up there for me in a very overlooked episode. It isn't stellar by any means, but Kudrow really elevates Lord of the Dance with her performance. She brings her unique charm. 
Alex really could have been played by anyone and would be a somewhat forgettable character, but Kudrow imbues her with a lot of personality that, uh, through the way she delivers the lines. You're not wrong. That is Lisa Kudrow does a fantastic job in what is a mediocre Golden Years episode, I would say. Uh, for Matt, I'm sure there's someone I enjoy better, but Christina Ricci came to mind. Like, you know, whatever. Uh, from Tim, I'll second Michelle Pfeiffer as Mindy Simmons. She really made it hard for me to believe that Homer would exercise restraint. That's a Golden Years Homer. Current Homer would never exercise restraint in any way, just in case you weren't clear on that. Uh, from Andy, Betty White and Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> uh, from Matt Wastecast, Glenn Close is probably the best answer. If you just focus on the one episode her character was perfectly done and not the other ones. <laughs> to be fair, she still played the character fine. They just wrote Mona's later episodes to be the same garbage as all the other teen season episodes. You are not wrong there, friend. Uh, from Matt, yes, it's Aaron. I've extolled the virtues of Sarah Gilbert many times before, so I will go with Winona Ryder this time, such a sweet and understated performance in Lisa's Rival. Who is she in Lisa's Rival? She's Allison. Oh, that's right. I get, for some reason, a lot of the dance in that one stick in my head is the same, probably because they have a uh, foil for Lisa. Uh, from Matt, FM Cannon. Michelle Pfeiffer as Mindy Simmons in The Last Information of Homer. Uh, from at Hippie 200, Glenn Close. She is absolutely perfect as Mona Simpson in that one and only Mona Simpson episode that exists. I'm always impressed by her voice acting when I watch that episode. <sighs> from Avery, uh, Ruth Powers. Robbie, what is your answer? I want to be like clever and pick good something. Look that. Hmm? It's a good luck with that. You don't have to be mean, Matt. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said I, want, I would like to be clever and pick something that is, you know, off of, of answers off the beaten path. I'm, but I'm just going to go with Glenn Close as Mona and Mother Simpson. Uh, and like, in, and yeah, like Glenn Close and Mona as Mona and Mother Simpson, the only episode that she ever appeared in in The Simpsons. Uh, yes, all those of the Mona Simpsons were just uh, faking. Those are, those are not, they were, they were... The, those aren't canon. I don't honor them. I don't acknowledge them. Uh, Glenn Close was only in one Simpsons episode and it was great. Matt, what is your answer? Oh, it is really difficult for this because obviously Glenn Close is just absolutely fantastic. Um, but I would like to go with uh, other Matt's answer and Christina Ricci. I think she does a fantastic job with Summer of Warfare 2, which is probably in my top five, if not top three episodes of The Simpsons ever. So that, that, that's the one I'm going to go with. I mean, it isn't. Uh, I mean, I, we can go to the we can look it's number three man we can we can look at the numbers it's on our list it says number three summer four for two it's right there i mean on my personal list i mean this is our personal list it's right here i can it's this is our no, personal no, list no. not my personal list because while i enjoy homer's enemy and think it is the best simpsons episode i don't believe it is my personal favorite now why are you speaking treasonous words like this <laughs> treasonous words okay okay your, your treasonous words open up my heart and cut me to the core um thank you everyone for answering next week's question is least favorite guest star oh man that that's gonna be a tough one i mean i mean we haven't really talked about jeff bezos in this because he has like one sent he says a single sentence or something like he doesn't really talk he, i don't even know if they even say his name out loud um but Obviously, 2008 Jeff Bezos is a different thing than 2022 Jeff Bezos. They mean different things. We are, as a people, more aware of Amazon's increasingly power over all of us. Um, but I'm pretty sure I've asked this question before. I don't care. I'm asking it again because my answer is certainly going to change than it was last time. Uh, post this question on social media, Twitter, at, uh, at SimpsonsShowPod. You can email us at SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com. 
And I post this question on our Patreon, which again, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Support us there. Next up, Matt, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. I have a four-point lead on Matt this season. Four-point. I don't want to say it too loudly, because I don't want to scare the lead away. You don't want to scare the points off? If I don't want to scare the points away, i got to be quiet. Sneak up. Be stealthy. Uh-huh. Uh, Matt, are you ready for an easy question? I am ready. Lisa introduces what idea to Mr. Burns in The Old Man and the Lisa? Uh, the idea of recycling. Recycling? You're correct. Alrighty. Uh, your easy question. To whom does Bart sell his soul in Bart Sells His Soul? Originally? Originally, yes. I mean, I mean he only sells his soul to one person. I guess that's fair, Millhouse. You are correct. But it does get passed around a bit. Yeah. Your medium question, Matt. Lisa pleading everyone to stop recycling at the end of The Old Man and Lisa is a reference to what film? Oh, gosh. Um, I mm, I don't know the name of the film. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you do, man. I mean, I'm going to say it's Soylent Green, but I don't know if that was the name of the film. I'll give you one point, Matt. Okay. Because Soylent Green is sort of correct. Um, I guess I, should, I could be more specific with my question, but I think Soylent Green is... So, the other is Soylent Green and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Because those are the... Oh. Those, I, but I will give you... I was looking for Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but Soylent Green isn't wrong, necessarily. Okay, good. I was like, you guys are not on the end doing the exact same thing. No, stop, stop. You have to stop doing this. I mean, it's it's honestly like Charles Heston does that like in all his the 70s sci-fi movies. He's always he's like, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. He does that end, end of the Planet of the Apes. He's like, you damn dirty, blah, blah, blah. All right. Um, what's my medium question, Matt? Your medium question. What are the two suggestions for Moe's restaurant that he rejects? Oh, from Homer. Sitting at the bar. God, man. It really burns my burns my biscuits. I know I know this. I can't think of it though. It's like they're like really bad ideas. I think that's the problem. I can't connect to them because I didn't. All I think of is Uncle Uncle Mo's family feedback. Uh, I don't. I can't think of them. Matt. I can't think of them. People are yelling at their phones. I'm sure. Okay, you're giving up. Is it official? You're officially giving I'm, up. On I'm giving up. I got nothing. Okay, it is Chairman Moe's Magic Walk and Madman Moe's Pressure Cooker. I don't think they're that bad, but... I mean, Madman Moe's Pressure Cooker is a bad name for a restaurant. Probably. That's fair. I thought I thought Chairman Moe's Magic Walk was pretty clever, if a little bit racist. It's very racist, man. That's the problem with that one. Uh, Moe is not uh, a Chinese person. You can't, you can't do that. Um, at this point, you're not... I mean, I guess that's also the year 2022 talk. I mean, we can't. That episode came out in the 90s. Uh, but whatever. Your hard question, Matt. What companies does Burns put his money into to try and recoup his losses? There are one, two, three, four, five companies. I will give you partial five credit depending on how many you get. Like, okay, okay. There's the Baltimore Opera Hat Company. There's Amalgamated Spats. Um, there's oh God, something about hay. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know, right? Something it's not coming to me for some something reason. about hay. Um. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking. Um. Uh. It's, oh, it's something in Congre- Congreves. Yeah. It's that's that's all I got. Put fifty percent of uh my put fifty percent in Transatlantic Zeppelin, amalgamated Zeppelin, ama- amalgamated spats, Congreves and flammable powders, U.S. hay, and then put the USA. rest put the rest in the Baltimore Opera Hat Company. Can't go wrong with Congreves. <sighs> yep, sure can. You got All two. Right you got two out of five, Matt. So I'll give you a point. A whole point. My goodness. Okay. I was, okay. I was the, I, the, the, what I what I said in my head was if you get two, you get a point. If you get four, you get two points. If you get all five, you get three points. So you get wow. Points. Okay. You're being very generous today. I'm okay. very, I'm okay. very, Matt, I want, you, I want you to remember this moment. Okay. I'm not a man. Okay. I'm oh, not a right. man without mercy, without, without, uh, without, without empathy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Your hard question. Mm-hmm. This is very hard. <laughs> Great. Perfect. What street does Millhouse's grandmother live on? Oh. <sighs> Is it actually a street, or is it like avenue or lane? It's actually or... a street. Yes. Okay. That's just the I'll number. I'll give you a hint. It is a number. I know it's a number. I already knew that. I know that it's a very high number because Bart, at that, at, well, on his on his ride, he's like, she lives at Blank Street. I'm at uh, Blank Street, and then his bike gets eaten by the street cleaner. Um, God, what a good episode. God, I need to just go back and watch Bart Sells his soul again. It's so good. <laughs> like that whole sequence where he's like, oh, I'm at this. And then the street the street sweeper comes by, runs over the bike. Bike gets chewed up. Bart's so sad. Bart Bike comes out perfectly clean. And, and, and he's like, whoa. I'm, uh, he's happy. He's so he's like, oh, I'm I'm so lucky. He gets on the bike. It collapses. Cut back to the streets where he's laughing and then drives into a subway tunnel. It's just perfect. It's just a, it, it, it takes place in the span of 10 seconds. It's so incredible. Um, a number. It's a hundred and something. I'm, I think it's one in 130 something or 140 something. I'm going to say, or maybe 150. Maybe even as high as 150 something. 151st. Sorry, Robert. It's 247th Street. 247. How and big Bart's is Springfield? How big is Springfield? I know, right? It's 247th Streets. I have a cat making edits to our trivia. <laughs> Change your mouse, please. Don't touch the numbers. Okay. Well, Matt got a, he gained some points on me this week because I'm a kind man. You're a very kind person, Robert. Yes. Gave partial credit. Um. I still have the lead, though. Two points. I have to buckle down. Wouldn't be fun if it wasn't close anyway. Uh, but I'll do it for trivia. We can move on to our final second. Second, we end every single episode with it's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as you watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Um, this episode's bad. It's uh, bad, but it's not that bad. It's 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 in the... I think it's in that. I think it's. Let's see. There's. It's better than Mona Leavesa. It is better than the monkey suit. I think it's better than GI Annoyed. I think what's GI Annoyed Grunt? Which one is that? That's the one where the military takes over Springfield to get it homer because he ran out on basic training. That's. I think this is better than that. Right. I think so, but it hurts. Yeah. There's you can't always say what you want. I think we're getting close. Uh, you can't always say what you want. 
It's the one where the Kent gets fired. And then they have the weird Fox stuff going, Fox News stuff going on in there without actually saying anything. I think this is better than that, but just barely. Okay. I'm with you still. Lost Horizon is very close. Where Lost Horizon is also it also involves like weird cartoon stupid stupidity where they take what could be a grounded realistic plot and instead make it nonsense where they chase a bird across continents. Literally across continents, Matt. Um is this better or worse than Lost Horizon? Mm. I really hated that episode and thought it was incredibly stupid. So I'm going to say this is better, but it hurts me to say that. Dennis Leary and Brian Grazer are in that episode. Um, but also in this one, we get uh, we get uh, Jeff Bezos and, and Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban's fine, honestly. He's okay in this. Cause they, he's just himself, you know? And they they make make fun of the fact that he's always wanting attention and stuff like that. He doesn't let... He, he, they don't pull... Probably because he was gung-ho about it he's like please be mean to me um papa don't leech which is papa don't leech oh that's the that's where literally lumpkin's dad comes back and runs out on her um i think funeral for a fiend is better i'll say that i mean you at least got sideshow bob that's it's not it's a very bad bob episode but bob is in it i give him that um i think this goes above papa don't leech and under funeral for a fiend yeah, I'm kind of going with that too, just because Papa Don't Leech is in general just not very good. Well, Funeral as a Fiend, I'm like, eh, you know, uh, I'm I, I would watch that again before I would watch this for sure. Yeah, I think that's I think it's a good enough spot for it. Um, it's not not very enthusiastic, but what are you going to do? These episodes aren't don't really inspire a lot of enthusiasm. As bur- the Burns and the Bees, which. It could be a worse title. You know, I don't hate that title. It's not My Pods and Boomsticks, but nothing nice. is. My Pods and Boomsticks is just so bad. It feels like it's like a... I'm going to see if you follow this metaphor, Matt. It feels like a black hole. It feels like it warps <laughs> like gra- like the gravity. It feels like it warps my perception of the rankings. It's It was so bad. Like every once in a while, we get these just utterly terrible episodes. And you watch them and like I need like, I need some sort of like flush to wipe my mind of its pool. I don't know how to do that though. I'm not sure if I can, honestly. Um, that's the burns and the bees. It's number three sixty two on the list, right below Funeral for Fiend, right above Papa Don't Leech. Uh it's a one seventy one on their post golden years ranking. Uh, number one on the list is still Homer's enemy. Last place is still Codependence Day. May forever it shall rain. Um <laughs> We aren't done yet though. We have one more thing to do, one more question to answer. Our question is do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? There's there's nothing in this that's worth keeping. I don't need not it. a single there's, moment. This is not it's not a there nothing of value will be lost. Fire the cannon. With apologies to Casey, our one super fan of the Burns and the Bees. Uh goodbye. The Burns and the Bees. <laughs> goodbye forever. It is shot out of the cannon. We can ask the same question about our number 102 on our list as we're working our way down from the top of the list and finishing. Eventually, we'll answer this question about all our episodes, Matt. We'll, we'll have a definitive definitive uh, judgment on everything. We are at number 102, which is this little wiggy. 
Oh, I mean, that one absolutely has to stay. Bart, it is amazing. Bart and Ralph episode. Um, it's starting to, it's, that's in season nine. It's starting to, it's beginning to drift the show as a whole. It's starting to drift. Mm-hmm. It's like a race car coming around the corner and it, it it's, the tires, just the grip is just not quite there. It's, it's, they wiggle it's the tires like NASCAR. The cars are just wiggling a little bit. It's like they go through the corner. You're like, they need to make a pit stop, man. They need to change their tires. They don't though. They don't make a pit stop. They drive the car right into the wall. Uh, and they do that for 11 more seasons. <laughs> but little, this little wiggy is wonderful. It's Ralph still. And this might be, Matt, you think this is the last episode we get true, Ralph? I believe so, yeah. After that, things just go. Where Ralph is a character, not just like. They, Ralph does deliver punchlines in this. He is kind of a joke machine. But he's not quite all the way a joke machine in this. He does have character and he cares about Bart. And I think that's what we both endears us. Both, both of us are dear to that because of that. Because Ralph is still Ralph. You know, he's still a character. Like, he's a simple little he's boy. Still a, he's still a, what's recognizable as a human being rather than a punchline machine. Yeah, exactly. But yes, of course, it stays in the canon. This little boy is lovely. It's a wonderful, wonderful episode. Um, you can find this list at our website. This is simpsonshow.com. has links to all of our stuff. has links to the, the, this list, a link to our, our, our Twitter, to our RSS feed, and a link to, to our Patreon. If you want to help out the show, support us, get a bunch of bonus stuff along the way. We really appreciate it. Um, it really helps us out. Our next episode, Matt. I think I've lost track of of everything. My my tabs are a mess right now. Um, next episode is Lisa the Drama Queen. Lisa the Drama Queen. Guest stars Emily Blunt as Juliet. Lisa takes part in art class, meets a girl named Juliet. This is a very loose parody of Heavenly Creatures, the Peter Jackson film from nineteen ninety four. Can't say I'm familiar with that movie. Maybe we'll watch it for a bonus episode at some point. After. Maybe. But I don't know. Basically, like Lisa and this this guest character, Emily Blunt's Juliet, create a fantasy world that mimics the real world, that parallels it. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure how closely they're going to even try and be to that movie. They can't, really. The movie is not. Okay. I don't know. We'll We'll talk about it next time. I maybe it'll be better. Maybe it'll be all right. Probably won't be. It's this is the last non-HD episode. Ooh, this is the last four by. This is the four last standard definition. Last four by three aspect ratio episode. So we're to coming to the end of an era. Um, end of an error. <laughs> um, that's next time you watch along with us. If you'd like, um, that'll about wrap us up. You can find me online. On Twitter, it's my name, Robbie Darman, at Robbie Darman on Twitter. My website is RobbieDarman.com. It's my name as well. It has links to everything I do on the internet, including links to purchase my novels. My newest one called Killer Hockey Mascot. Uh, it's about a killer hockey mascot named Gutsy, who uh, feeds on blood and chaos. Must be stopped before it becomes something unstoppable. You can go check that out on Amazon or wherever you purchase your novels, your books. You should go read it. Leave me a good review. I'd appreciate it even more. Of course, you leave me a good review because it's a great book. You had a lot of fun reading it. I promise. Heart to God. It's true. It's a fantastic book. You should definitely go read it. Fantastic. Here, Matt read it. So, he, and he's definitely not uh, biased in any way. No. I mean, I, you guys have heard me. I'll tell Robbie if he sucks. It's true. <laughs> he does do that. <laughs> um, that's on there. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. 
Uh, that is correct. I spend all of my time taking care of kittens, especially the latest batch, who are the most incredibly cute uh, kittens you've ever seen. But they are incredibly dumb. Uh, apparently, eating just does not appeal to them, so you kind of have to force feed them a little bit. Uh, they are. Uh, you can see them at Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S, and you can hopefully take one home for yourself if you live in the Central Florida area. So check them out and see. Watch them be incredibly cute and dumb. They are quite cute. I can't. They're incredibly cute. Very cute cats. Um, that'll do it for us today. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.